You're tuned into Mango Masala, Pirate Radio South Asian show. This is me, Simran, and I'm with Gerns. Normally introducing me as Carlos. Um, I think I'm, I'm not going to lie, I think I've said Gerns the last couple shows. I think I've like put it in my head like consciously to make sure I say it. Yeah. Thank you for that introduction, Simran. I'm sure that's of ASMR quality. I um, That's probably the most normal I've ever done it, I think. <laughs> Yeah, I'm proud. Hopefully this is a shift into your adulting, seeing as you're adulting in every other aspect of life currently. Oh my god, thanks. <laughs> it's not necessarily a good thing. Simran's like, literally, we're, we're recording this at 6.30, and I know, like, obviously, I've been working as well, but at the same time, Simran literally is like, okay, I'm going to finish at 6.30 and then jump on straight away, and it's like, don't encourage it, guys. No, I wouldn't encourage it. Anyway, let's talk How about are you? me. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about me. I'm okay. I am. Um, what did you get up to on the weekend? Well, on the weekend, it was my stag do. And we went to Bradford, innit? <laughs> I think it must have been your B reel or something that I saw on your location. And I was yeah. like, I could have sworn. That's not what it said on the group chat. No, it's it's it technically. I think it's just within the postcode region. It's Bradford. It's more like Yorkshire countryside, but around that area. Yeah. What um, what's a specific place called? Or you you don't have to say, it, but I think Wildston or Half. Yeah, North, I was going to say. I thought it's like with a W. Yeah, around there. Um. Yeah, would recommend the house itself was sick. Like it's it wasn't necessarily big it was like it was like a townhouse but in the countryside and it like had four floors in total but it was cool because it was like the top floor was just like a big like a bedroom and an ensuite kind of vibe it was like cool but yeah no it was a really good find by my best people so shout out to them oh and there was loads of you as well yeah, I think, well, there was 10 in total. I think it was just, just about the right, like, size for that amount of people. Like, everyone was comfortable. Um, yeah, no, it was good. It was not the most scandalous stag do, but I don't think that is my vibe anyway. Yeah, I, no. I think my favourite night, because we were there from Thursday until Sunday, and I think my favourite night was definitely the Friday, which is when we got a private chef in, had a load of him. Mm-hmm. Mediterranean food and then um, as Simran has seen on the, in various videos the night descended into organized <laughs> chaos which is my favorite type of thing so yeah I was gonna say I feel like there's no set way to do a stag or a Hindu and you just need to be authentic to you and not think like oh other people go crazy and have like crazy hangover level stories yeah no I mean thankfully I was fine like I think the obviously being the, the am I the stag? Being the yeah. stag. Yeah. Um, it was obviously you've got the potential to overdo it, but I actually was fine. Like I don't even think my hangovers were that bad. So yeah. Hopefully that's preparing me for a wedding week. But the thing is actually, seeing as Halima's not here, we'll do a little conversation about drinking in general, because I don't think we've actually done this either. No. So you happy to do that? yeah right because i actually i have i have some thoughts on this yeah so my personal drinking habits 
Um, so far, this is literally all the Muslims on our Spotify. Can I try? To yeah. <laughs> you know that plus 15, just like spamming it. Yeah, yeah. Can well, I guess what I would say and tell me if I would guess correctly? Yeah, but I, so I'm going to talk about like my like journey with alcohol. But yeah, if you just give your general thoughts and what you predict. Now, yeah. I'd say you're more like, you drink not often but like not not often but a little bit like you'd like a glass of wine in the evenings type of dude it's close but not really i think it's even less than that you know yeah that's what is, not often like not like daily yeah. maybe like once a week or twice a week if it's a rough one so throughout my entire age of being able to drink like i've had a reputation as being the designated driver so for that reason <laughs> I've always kind of just been a bit like, if everyone has a casual drink, I just won't. Because I've always also been a person that's kind of been very much like, if I'm going to drink, I'm drinking to get, not necessarily drunk, but I'm drinking to get married. And mm-hmm. for me, having one drink, I'm like, because I, I wouldn't normally have like a soft drink or anything, like out of choice, I would normally just stick to like water or something. Um, so I'm just like, why would I do that for alcohol? You know what I mean? Like, if it's not for that purpose. But obviously had my growing up getting accustomed to alcohol, my fair, my fair share of um, incidents, like learning how to cope with certain types of alcohol and that type of thing. Um, but I think going to uni, I think that was probably when I drank the most, which obviously I think that's quite common for people like freshers. It was like going out multiple times a week, like, I think that's probably the most that I drank. And then probably getting into a relationship at that point had a bit to do with it. But from that point onwards, kind of started drinking less and less. And I think also when I was getting like intoxicated, I it used to be that I would get um I would always kind of just be fun fun drunk and just kind of like it would always kind of be if even if it wasn't necessarily good vibes, it was funny vibe sort of thing but as time's gone on I just I just would start getting to the club and just being like oh I want to go home now I'm just sat there and it's like yeah like the music's all right but like I'm not necessarily feeling it and again more and more I just started also getting sleepy so in my current state I kind of have a reputation for like I won't casually drink if I'm drinking it's going to be drinking to at least get merry and I kind of have a reputation for kind of like just it's not even like passing out it's just I will just go to sleep just because I'm just like I just get tired and I just it, it but it's annoying like I wish I could get that back like what it used to be like and sometimes it does happen but I don't know what it is like that Friday on the stag do was a good that was that was a good time um but I don't know how I don't know what it is that causes that, but I just have a I just keep falling asleep. But that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> what about you, Simran? Um I think I have a similar experience and only very recently has my attitude on it changed in that like I had the whole like uni fair enough, you have a few nights where you're like you take it too far and I feel like you I'm not endorsing it, but that's how you learn what your limits are and what you like and what you don't like. And you learn a lot about yourself in terms of like how you behave when you're past the point and things like that. So I feel like 
you kind of a lot of people go through it it's a, it's a very shared experience for a lot of people and I'm one of those people um and coming out of uni I think I realized like I can have so much fun without it and I'm like you like I won't have one or two just for the sake of it I'm either doing it to get somewhere or I just I'm fine with water and but like now I'm realizing I don't need it at all to have fun unless it's like a certain event. I'm talking like instance music (laughs) that maybe it does help, but I am learning to like, no, I think I've learned to like control how much and I'm very good now only recently at getting to a point because normally I would get to a point and be like, yeah, I want another one and then take it past the point and then being like, no, no, actually I need some water now or I need some food or like I just need to like take a break for an hour and I'll be okay after an hour, then I'm on a good level. I think that has been a big helping factor in like not being severely hungover, not feeling sick or anxiety the next day and like just being able to do it in a slightly healthier and more functional way. What was it like for you personally because not to give in to stereotypes, but then obviously stereotypes are there for a reason. Obviously, I think Punjabi culture in general does kind of lean towards drinking quite a lot, or that's the impression I get. Mm-hmm. Like, so growing up, where you kind of, was the topic of drinking like kind of embraced slightly more, which maybe made it easier and not so much uncomfortable to kind of start drinking or was it still a bit hush hush i don't know about like more because i don't have anything to compare it to but it definitely was like obviously from a very young age i was around it and people would be drinking it and i would know and i'd be obviously all kids can recognize that person's drunk sober and now they're drunk you, you there's something shifts right and you can tell i feel like i've always been around that And also, this is not to touch on things like alcoholism, which is very prevalent in the Punjabi and wider South Asian community. I'm not really speaking on that. I'm talking about just like social events and things like that. But I think it wasn't hush hush, but it wasn't like, oh my God, you're 14. Like, let me give you a drink. It's like, it was still like, you have to become of age. Like I was like 60 and maybe I'd be allowed like wine. Yeah, what is it? I don't know if the rules have changed. What is it? You're allowed like a wine. I think it's still that like wine, cider, beer or something. No, but this is like at home. Like if we were at like a family party and stuff, it'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the only thing I could say, again, I don't have anything to compare it to, but it's things like weddings are quite centered around obviously the party and that drinking culture that comes with it. And then obviously you see people take it so far so much of the time and sometimes it can be really funny and sometimes it's the opposite (laughs) and that's another really key part of me learning to not take it too far because obviously you don't want especially those people to see you in that kind of state oh you don't want to like overshare or like something like that so I think I've had my fair share of like being definitely not sober at family parties but now I'm very much like if there is ever going to be a time that I'm only going to have one or two it's going to be those or I just opt to drive now and if I'm driving I've always been very strict on like I drive completely sober yeah no I think that's the thing as well I'm kind of just like I think I will drive like the morning after but in terms of this whole idea of oh, you can have one drink and then still drive. I'm kind of just I just like, don't see the point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, what is the point? Like, I know, obviously, it's, like, scientifically, there's not, apparently not a risk there. Mm-hmm. I am just kind of like, well... But then well, why? Yeah. Like, why am I spending, like, £9 on a glass of wine? Or even, still, even if it was, like, the money wasn't in it, 
why am I drinking? Like, there's no point. It's not exactly like the tastiest thing in the world. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, I think one thing that I did skip over, actually, which um, if we're talking about, like, unhealthy habits, lockdown, like, that first period of, like, March 20. March 2020, wow, that's so long ago. March 2020 to, like, summer 2020, I got into, like, I, I wouldn't say, it wasn't, like, a serious thing. It wasn't, like, it was, like, an addiction in terms of I was unable to get out of it. Yeah. But I definitely did slip into a very unhealthy habit of just every single night, let's get drunk, because there wasn't anything else to do. <laughs> and uh, I was, like, making all these quizzes and stuff, and it was fun. I mm-hmm. look back on that time fondly, but I'm also kind of, like, that wasn't, I shouldn't have been doing that. because it That was, was like, a lot of, like, alcohol yeah, intake. <laughs> every day, like, every evening. That's a big thing, I think, in this country, a lot of countries, but this country, Britain is so bad for their drinking culture in terms of, like, it is everywhere and it is like for people that choose to go sober i've heard a lot of accounts where like they don't feel welcomed in certain places they get alienated out of friendship groups because a lot of social opportunities are all around drinking even in the workplace like where i work now when we do socials it's like open bar and is very big drinking and like Mm. a culture of fun don't get me wrong but it's a very big drinking culture and of may, course, may Anka, offer... sorry, so Mayanka right now, currently, as we're recording this, is at her final work thirsty Thursdays right now. Like, yeah, well, there you drinking. go. Yeah, that's what I mean. And we ha- we did the same thing, and it's like they they have like mocktails. They make a lot of effort. Obviously, like uh, soft drinks and water is obviously available widely, but everyone else is drunk. Like the ninety percent of people there are like pretty drunk or like yeah. So I do feel for people that are sober and would like to be involved in more opportunities and have felt like and feel like they aren't afforded opportunities either professionally socially or otherwise because of their choices to be sober and they're pressured to drink and I know a lot of people that battle with things like alcoholism get a lot of comments thrown at them like oh one won't hurt yes yes it will like that I don't know why you would facilitate or encourage something like that for you I don't know it just yeah it baffles me so I think it's one thing that needs addressing in this country big time. And it came up in my disc study as well. I actually was going to make it um, a, a whole theme by itself that a lot of people in my interviews we were talking about stress in the pandemic and they were just saying, like, I was just drinking all the time. Speaking hypothetically, because not that either one of us would ever break the law in any circumstance whatsoever. Like, do you think, like, with your own kids in the future you would be the person you or you would try to be the person to introduce drinking to them because I think personally I think that yeah. would be the best thing I would I... like to yeah I was sorry I was saying that I would like to control it for them as much as I could in terms of like administering it safely and letting them figure out their limits while I'm there because yeah. I've seen too many times people that were too young or old enough but their parents didn't know get themselves into some state dates because obviously they were rebelling or they had no idea what their limits were so they go to uni for the first time in a city miles away from home and they're like losing it right and then they have to be looked after or like even worse like in some cases like go to hospital and things like that yeah I mean I don't know if it's I mean it's a good thing in terms of that it was like I was close to home but my first time of 
being in that circumstance was literally like in year 10 like having to come get picked up by my mom and not endorsing kid. underage drinking yeah exactly uh, but it was it was an it was embarrassing but i kind of think yeah. like because i think that was also maybe my third time drinking i want to say um and i think maybe if i had not necessarily at that age but maybe if i had like if my introduction to drinking had been oh, okay so this is this this is that yeah. this is how this works but instead it was literally what's in the various cabinets of various family oh houses what's yes. there if it's there i will take oh my it God. and I'll obviously t- the majority of what i was taking was like 40 percent spirits and that was never gonna end well like, i remember going to a party and we called it the protein shake because all i had was a protein shaker bottle and i just poured in like everything when i tell you like wine tequila whiskey mm. um vodka it all went into one thing and we had no mixer and we just drank a protein shaker's worth just straight as you can imagine we were all very unwell that night and the following day and we were like i said not very old either like i said not encouraging it or endorsing it but it's a stupid decision that i made back then and i've always been of the mindset that sneaky parents produce no strict parents produce sneaky kids yeah and kids are always smarter than their parents like my kids 100% 100% going to be smarter than me because they have that new like age knowledge and technology and innovation skills and things like that like they they know their culture better than I could ever know their culture you know what's interesting like you're speaking about this on the weekend like apparently gen z aren't very big drinkers like they're just not they don't really engage in that much intoxication and I love that for them it, uh, yeah great for them but it's interesting to see like how that's going but then also you have to look at things like vaping and stuff and like maybe our generation isn't like on a wider scale as as big on things like vaping and then i just see like really young looking kids with those flipping stupid pink and blue stick things well that's why isn't it it's because literally they're appealing because compared to smoking they've got they've got obviously specific tastes a lot of which are sweet plus you've got the color element like so like oh that looks interesting that looks nice like and I get the impression, I mean, I've never bought one, but I get the impression that they're a lot easier to access than other kinds of, um, like, cigarettes and uh, whatever you might want to smoke. Yeah. yeah. I mean, good on them for not drinking, but then vapes are really bad for you. I mean, so. yeah. Like, the thing is, even if there hasn't been any, like, official, official things saying how bad they are, I think we can all agree that inhaling any kind of substance in and out of you repeatedly is never going to end well. And like I've seen on TikTok how much people do it. Like they'll just be sitting there just like one after the other after the other. And people will go through, I don't know how many puffs or how many days worth you can get out of one. But like people will go through like maybe one a day or maybe like a few a week. There's that one TikTok of that girl who has like on a windowsill and she's got like a million Oh my God. Ones. And, and, it's, and, that, and the messed up thing is, is that's considered like a flex. So... I think I'll just take like a glass of wine yeah but like to be fair I think I have battled with it as well in that I've considered going sober so many times but then I look at like so say now if I was like I'm gonna go sober for two months it'd be like wait no but Carlos's wedding is in less than two months I'm obviously gonna drink at that wedding like do you know what I mean there's always something in the way of it so I kind of like I'm just gonna go sober around those events because I don't I never really drink casually I don't really sit at home with a glass of wine or anything um I have to kind of be like out and about somewhere to drink that's kind of how I justify it (laughs) 
I actually did go sober for like six months in like 2017 just because I was a bit like oh um I think I had a bad experience with drinking Mm. and then I was kind of like oh I've got a heart condition I shouldn't be doing this the way selfish is to go completely sober so I did for six months and then literally it was like I went and spent some time with my friends and I was like yeah I need to drink for this and then I just (laughs) broke it so I just think like like everything in moderation yeah I think that's yeah, the I... issue though. It's it's it, it's it's hard to know, like for me, especially like I've been saying, like I miss that 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 like kind of that high that I used to get every time, mm-hmm. which I now only get like maybe 10% of the time. I miss that. And when you're obviously drinking in my head, I'm like, oh the well the way to get there is to continue, but then that doesn't sometimes you can literally go straight from being like bored drunk to passed out which obviously isn't the best like that's not ideal so I'll be honest the worst thing ever is anxiety and being like oh I know I had like a 20 minute convo with some person and then being like I don't know what was said or like what just happened like that has got to be bottom tier like bottom three feelings Like we're like sometimes it's even worse than the actual feeling of sickness that you've got. Yeah. Like the feeling of like, oh, oh, I really embarrassed myself. I I said this. I said that. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like I need to like check my stories, check my texts, message everyone that I know, and ask them if I screwed up. That's something that I used to do that I don't do anymore. There was a period like when stories first started becoming a thing. That literally would be every time I got drunk, like a million stories. Oh my God, you want to know something really embarrassing? I used to be so on the um, bandwagon of like, if I was out and I took a picture, there had to be a timestamp on it. Like everyone had to know I was out at 3.43 in the morning and I'd be like, yeah, look, I'm so badass. Like, <laughs> so embarrassing because I, you know, I bring it up because I saw one the other day, it came up in my memories. It was one fifty wow that's like not it's not early but it's not like anything to brag about bad man syndrome i know i'm so cool so to round things off we're getting drunk at your wedding (laughs) well one of the nights literally is called a cocktail night so i think it's implied but yeah well i mean this is another conversation topic in itself which is when you're at your own wedding like I want to have a good time, but I also there's absolutely no that I, I I cannot effort like I cannot effort because it's not about effing it because there's not a lot to f at your reception. Do you no, know what like, I mean? No, you just like, gotta be there and smile. Cut gate. No, but I can't. As in, I cannot. There is absolutely no circumstance in which I want to be like passed out or throwing Mm -hmm. up or any of that being drunk and rowdy whatever but being actually like you know what i mean going too far you need looking after yeah yeah exactly i really i don't want and also because it's meant to be a thing for both of us and i don't want to have like my like partner i'm worrying i can see mianka like rowdy i'm not gonna lie i think you're fine no no she she will (laughs) but to be fair one of us took it too far on their respective hen stag do and it wasn't me so did this yeah. involve 
walking back from the club. Yeah, walking. I was walking into the club. She was literally, you know, what's the best thing? That was literally Easter morning. So she literally like was in that bad state and came back to life. Oh, she resurrected like Jesus. Yeah, for any Christians um, listening, apologies for the crude joke, (laughs) but yeah, it was the the correlation. What the correlation was there, but yeah, um, that is funny. The thing is, though, Mianka is very much aware that I am, and I think a lot of my friends would say, when I do get to a certain point, I'm an annoying drunk. So I don't want to, I basically just don't want to be a burden on anyone. I would just say, if I could give any advice, is just make sure you're always enough to have a conversation with someone without saying something like a bit over the top. And also, you want to remember it. Yeah, I think water as well. That's the key thing. And food. Because I feel like people don't eat when it's their wedding as well. So you need to make effort to like eat something. To round things off, what's your go-to drink, Simran? <gasps> At the moment, it's vodka, soda, lime. Because it's just anabolic. Like it's healthy, basically, at this point. Zero you know? Because I've been, I've been tracking my macros and my calories for about four months now. And it's probably, from what I've seen, it's probably like the least calorie heavy drink there is and obviously it does the job because it's like a double vodka so that's been that has been my go-to it's not the most enjoyable i like a mojito i make oh i make really good cocktails by the way guys hire me to be fair you know my dream was to be a bartender there's still time listen if this job doesn't work out i'm coming to manny what's yours it is i think uh, there's been multiple over the years and i've always been more partial to sweet drinks but I think it's, I think my go-to spirit would be white rum. I think that is like, yeah, because I like the coconutty lightness of it. And I like to have that with like, with Coke or with ginger beer or like oh, as part of a cocktail, me. like strawberry or pina colada like that. You scare that. me. Why? What's scary That's about scary. That? For that to be your go-to, the only worst thing you could said was either brown rum or whiskey. No, whiskey, absolutely not. Brown rum, it's not as nice in my opinion. You know, okay, what's your least favourite? Whiskey. Mm, I, mine's tequila. I hate it. it oh, like I'm pain. partial to a tequila shot. No, it tastes like pain. Not With a bit of lime. Like, no. I was going to say, what's your opinion? Because you said like fruity sweet drinks. What's your opinion on like mostly guys who refuse to like drink a drink because it has like a strawberry on it or like a piece of like a sweet or something on it like i swear like so i met so many people that would be like i'm not drinking that like and they like get over yourself yeah literally like just facts facts it's a drink it's not going to be there once it's in your mouth like I don't understand beer it doesn't taste nice i've never i'm 26 now and i still don't get it so on a summer's day only some of them most of them are not nice i'll just i'll always go for cider but i am see this is another thing i am just very excited like when the sun comes out i just think about being outside somewhere with a drink like specifically with a drink which is like not really the best mindset because why does the drink have to be there but it's just one of those things it it ties into that british thing again i think well, living here, I think you haven't had that yet this year. So. But even when it came out, like, very briefly in April, like, I think it was like, I want to be somewhere with a drink. In a beer garden. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, we've got, like, a million bank holidays in May, so. Can't wait. So, to round things off, 
drink responsibly. Yes. Talk, I think if you've got any kind of relationship with your parents, I think talk to them about it. Because if they, no offence to your parents, but if they have any sense, I think they would much rather they have that open and honest conversation with you then you be left to discover things to your own devices. Yeah, like, trust me, I've seen enough people who were not allowed to have those conversations or were not allowed to drink at home or anywhere before university and then they get to university and they are the liabilities straight up. Like, they just they just are the worst people to be around because they take it too far every single time. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you have seen what can potentially happen when you do drink and it's not for you, then yeah. don't be peer pressured into it because there are plenty of other ways like Simran saying she doesn't need to drink to have a good time. So No, and I know I spoke about like the pressure people feel when they do choose to go sober, but now there are a lot of options for like alcohol-free motives, um, yeah. especially in like cities and stuff. There's a lot of new things that come up. Or you just make your own. There's loads of ideas. Use TikTok and find some things. Go do some painting or something. Oh, uh, thanks, Simran. <laughs> Right, don't go anywhere because at 3pm we are going to be chatting to MC D-Light about his new track with Grim Sickers. But before that, let's delve into this week's Agony Auntie, which is very short, but very PG-13, so had to be that way. I'm nervous. Recently found out my sister eats ass. I can't look at her the same. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Oh my How god. Did you How did you find <laughs> out? Yeah! yeah. By what means yeah. you Oh my god. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be honest and I'm gonna say grow up. Listen, like everyone I'm just gonna say grow up, bruv. Like grow up. It's just like listen, listen. It's none of your business. You see someone as your family member, they have a life outside of being your family member. Like I would say, like, is the problem that your sister has a sex life, which I don't think it is because they haven't said like, oh, find out my sister has sex. Oh, it's disgusting. Oh, it's specifically that she shame <laughs> But I'm going to say try it. Why should your sister have all the fun? Surely you're just trying to go viral. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm going to... Bear man oh, do it. Sure about that take. Bear man do it. Like, that's all I'm going to say. Bear man do it. Like... Hi, Ram. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Grow up at the end of the day. It's just a little bit of booty. That's it. It's just a bit of Like, if your sister's having a good time, why do you, why, why does that bother you? Like, moving swiftly Let like your sister do what she wants. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. But also, where did you find that information out? That's, know, That's what I'm know. interested in. Yeah. Yes, guys, what's good? You're tuned into Mango Masala, Pi Radio South Asian show. My name's Gerns, and I'm here with D-Light. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for inviting me on the show, Gerns. No, honestly, like, I think it's been a long time coming. And can I say before we start as well, like, whenever we get a track from you, it's, it's quite, like, refreshing. Because I think even before... I think there has been like a bit of a garage resurgence, especially in like the past year. But I remember even like from back when we first started Mango Masala, you were constantly delivering that like garage sound. And it was always like nice to kind of get that into the mix and have that like as part of the playlist. So definitely thanks for sending us that music. Thank you for supporting. I know that my music can sometimes be a little bit left wing and uh, not enough desi fusion or in you know, the sounds of Asian in there. But I think... Um, 
I was just stick to my roots, like what I grew up with and stuff. And then where I feel like I want to do something a bit Asian, then I tend to mix it a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Like, there's absolutely no point in you forcing anything. And like, just because you're Asian, you shouldn't mean feel the need to just include that in whatever you do. Um, yeah, because obviously it's so much more than that. Um, but for the people out there that maybe haven't heard your music before, I don't know too much about you. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I've been doing music, uh, believe it or not, started in 2004, a long time ago. Um, was signed to a record label, uh, did a couple of drops, and then I took a sabbatical, very long sabbatical. I think it was like 10, 11 years. I was just kind of focusing on like career and life and stuff. And then I accidentally got back into music through my partner's uh, cousin, who was a young aspiring rapper. And uh, it was just basically for jokes. I was uh, just writing some bars and he recorded it. And I didn't realize he'd recorded it and then he sent it over to me. And I think that kind of gave me the, the encouragement that maybe I, sh I still have a place in music. Um, and then fast forward like nine years, to that i've just consistently be just dropping music um i did a, originally start off doing like hip-hop because i was more into conscious rap but i felt like when i came back the genre and there were so many sub-genres that had involved that i wanted to kind of do something a bit different so i was doing um, a lot of grime but it was i think it was a bit too um black for the asian community and a bit too brown for for the black communities so I kind of just mixed it up and I started coming up with this hashtag called Desi Grime, which was like commercial grime music, but it had elements of like bilingual flow and raps and bars in there and stuff, which pretty soon became quite, um, I think, appealing to people. So in a way, accidentally, it was a subgenre that I never intended to start, but that's kind of what I've been doing. And then I've always had love for the UK garage scene. I grew up in that era. And um, so sometimes when... I want to make a change i would then do uk garage and you know i've done other music with like friends and pavan from foreign beggars so i've always kind of like to try to diversify the music so obviously you've spoken about how you've been in the game for like the past 20 years next year so long time uh, but who would you say like your main influences have been because obviously they've been so many artists that have come and gone and obviously from even before 2004 as well like who would you say are the main musical artists that you look up to i i think from within the south asian scene um i was looking up to the peoples like um shizio swami barakas the yapavins from foreign beggars away from the from the asian scene i mean i grew up to listening to like gets and P Money and kind of all of the grime kind of people, DEEs. Yeah, and that is really cool because we'll get onto that later, but that's kind of like a full circle moment. Um, yeah, stay listening to find out what we're talking about there. But aside from music as well, like you've been involved in a lot of other stuff, particularly in, in aiding the community, right? Do you want to just tell us a little bit about that? So in my day job, um, I'm a counsellor by trade. Um, and for the last 15 years, I've worked in the mental health sector. Um, it's quite surreal because only in the last three years, I've worked for an organization that specifically focused on the BAME communities, um, just talking talking about disparities and inequalities. And I never really thought about that 
when I worked for other organizations, I just saw myself as an employee and, you know, I had my tasks to do, which was to support people within the community. But when I started working for, for the Adhar project, it really kind of resonated that actually we don't talk about these things enough, or maybe there was ignorance, unintentional ignorance from myself that I never put myself in that category. And to look at the challenges that we still have, um, especially within the South Asian community, the stigmas and barriers that people, you know, don't want to come forward and talk about it. I wanted to to make a change, but I wanted to make a positive change as well. And I think using my platform as a musician, um, I wanted to have an element of substance to myself rather than just being this guy who does music and, you know, he's great at what he does. I wanted to have a bit more value to myself um so i started looking at the the niches and the gaps in the south asian especially when it came to mental health and how we could provide a more accessible i suppose service provision for those that needed the support um so two and a half years ago um especially in the rise of the pandemic, that was a very difficult time. So I used my platform as a musician, but also as a counsellor, and I tried to combine it into one. So the first thing I thought was, as an artist, how has that impacted me? Um, it meant that, you know, I wasn't having the opportunity to go out and perform. Um, everything was kind of like seclusions. You couldn't go here, you couldn't go there. So I was approached by um, a, a FM station called Radio 2 Funky, who predominantly focused on Afro-Caribbean and Black music, but they wanted to have a platform for the South Asian um, artists just so they could showcase their music. And I thought it was a great time because what I could then do is ex explore South Asian music scene, but especially those artists that were flying under the radar for a long time, because I just thought that it would probably be impacting their well-being and mental health in terms of not getting the scope or not getting a platform to voice their music. So I came up with the show called These Hype Show, and it was just predominantly focused on artists that weren't getting enough airtime or they didn't know how to go about it just to give them some self-confidence and, and self-belief in themselves in, in a difficult time. I did that for around about nine months. I had no radio experience whatsoever. <laughs> so it was quite throwing myself in the deep end as well. We also, during that period, um, because, you know, people couldn't gather for festive occasions, we did online music events where I managed to get, through my own contacts, um, artists from the South Asian scene up and down the country to come online and perform. We also did um, an event for the South African and Black communities, which was called Voices, which also got a lot of um, attention, which led to me uh, being featured in a national French newspaper called Le Monde and also on national TV as well for, for the work that we were doing. No, that all sounds really good. And I'm glad that there is someone, especially from a South Asian background, that is w trying to make a positive difference there. Because I think the main thing is, even if there are people that want to help, particularly South Asian communities in regards to like mental health and being more open and honest about it, I think ultimately you do need someone who's actually... Um, from that community itself because if you're not from there you there's only so much you can do so how did those um events and stuff go like do you feel like and I'm curious as well did you find that there was a particular way or method in which you were able to actually 
get more South Asian people to like open up and talk about their feelings sort of thing? I mean, it definitely opened up an avenue for people to be a bit more forthcoming rather than having the reluctancy of, I suppose, being judged, like what's initial interaction, what's somebody going to think of me? I mean, my my DMs, especially on my music platforms, I, I get inboxes from musicians. You know, sometimes they're feeling a bit low or sometimes, you know, they're, they're having negative thoughts about themselves and they'll ping like a, a message, say, yo, D, you know, feeling a bit like this at the moment. And what I'll do is I'll, I'll just say to them, look, you know, give me a time when you're free and then we can have a chat. And, you know, there's been times when artists have, have, have been given emotional support for myself just, just to lift them up. Even sometimes I think it's about, for me, it's about knowing and recognising the signs. Sometimes I see familiar artists who I follow on, on social media and they might put out a post or something that when I read it from a different perspective, it's showing that they're feeling a little bit low or they're feeling a bit down. So what I normally would do then is I would uh, just send them a DM, reply to the message saying, is everything all right? How are you feeling? And and that's when they open up engagement to, of dialogue to say, actually feeling a little bit like this at the moment. And then what I would do is I would give them some inspiring mod motivational words just to lift them up and I'll just kind of be like look here's my number you know if you ever want to have a chat you know feel free to to send me a message and we can catch up no that all definitely sounds like really good work that you're doing and again I'm really happy to hear that there is someone who's trying to make that positive change I'm curious because obviously you started off saying about how like you're a counsellor by trade um as a South Asian individual how did you actually end up getting into that field like deciding this is what I want to do I think when I first started on my musical journey um there was not enough role models I think in play as as guidance you know to guide um because I think the formula for a musician is eventually that we want everyone to hear our music and we want to be recognized for the music that we do it's not a straight and narrow cut path route in terms of success happening sometimes it's delayed sometimes it is also about patience um and when you talk about those traits or and sometimes it can be behavioral traits as well we if we don't get what we want um it does impact us and it does impact our well-being and our mental health you know there's been i'd be lying if i said even when i started there wasn't times when i wanted to quit music because of frustration but it's also about understanding the process of the musical journey as well. It's about the individual development and growth. Um, you know, just because a new artist that comes comes in tomorrow and he's got a great product doesn't mean that he's going to be recognised straight away. It's, it's the processes and, and, and the hurdles that we have to go through. And sometimes frustration can, can take over and frustration can lead to some kind of thoughts or assumptions that we make and the key word I think for me also is it's assumptions that we make because we don't get enough um, time to self-reflect it's only when somebody says to me oh by the way that song that you made oh that was great you know it really impacted me in this kind of way because I never had that interaction I would just assume that it's nothing and sometimes it's about we seek the validation in terms of musicians that actually is our product genuinely good enough I think 99% of the time it generally is for all of us, but we just kind of go down that route of we need that bit of tap on the shoulder to say, oh, 
great product, by the way. And when we don't get that, I think it, it does spiral into a different direction for our confidence and self-belief. For definite. And again, like, honestly, it's not every day that we hear someone, especially like from a South Asian background, speaking so like eloquently and openly and honestly in terms of like mental health. So it's definitely very refreshing to hear that. More than anything, I, I don't do music for validation. I just... If I can, I mean, I always said that I wanted to do music and to be in the music industry is to leave some kind of legacy, whether it's through music or whether it's as a as a champion for the South Asian music collective, you know, somebody that is like a, a community leader within the scene to to pick people up, then I, I would probably be saying that that's, that's good enough for me. Going back to that musical journey that you've been on, um, and speaking of legacy, you've got a new track out with some very iconic artists, like especially from within the scene that you part music in. So do you want to just tell us a little bit about that? Um, so I have previously worked with Prems. Um, we did our first track during COVID, um, which was a grime track. Um, Prems was really interested to jump on that because even though Prems does kind of like the, the rap and stuff, he actually comes from a grime background and he's never really dropped like a grimy track on, on the Asian scene. So it was a great time to kind of experiment and do something together because uh, we're both kind of two different artists. So we just thought what we could do with that. And we, we dropped the song. Um, it got quite a bit of notion in terms of um, people picking it up. And then we've kind of remained good friends since then. I think for, for me, I, I've always kind of been a person where when I collaborate with someone, it's, it's always like an everlasting friendship. It's not just a product and then bye-bye, see you later kind of thing. And we've remained in contact during pandemic as well. And even more recently, we were um, performing together at the Luton Mellor uh, about a couple of months ago. And then we just had an idea that we'd done one track and we thought we'd do something different, which was a bit more, I suppose, streamlining in terms of what's what he's currently doing. So we did a song called Rags, which was like a drilly kind of song, which which again did pretty well. And I was fortunate to also work with Pavan from Foreign Beggars, um, which we dropped a track called Can't Run um, on his label last year. Um, I've got an upcoming song which is going to be released on the 29th of April, which is this month, with, with a guy called Grim Sickers. Grim Sickers is uh, predominantly well-known within the grime scene. Um, he's done tracks with JK, um, P Money, Getz, um, and also Corrupt FM. Um, so I'm fortunate to to be in a position where I can actually still kind of tap in and, and get those big collaborative tracks with with renowned artists. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, having a track with someone like Grim Sick is like, even me, I'm not someone who is a regular listener of Grime, Drill, etc. But I listen to it enough to know that that is someone to who to have a track with is definitely a significant milestone in the musical journey. So definitely... Looking forward to that, and we're going to give it a play um, in a second. Um, but before that, though, do you want to just tell us, for the people out there that want to keep up with you, your music, your personal endeavours, where's the best place for them to find you? 
So all my um, social media handles are at DLITEMC. That's D-E-E-L-I-T-E-M-C. Sweet. So we are going to give your new track with Grim Sickers a play now. Do you want to introduce it for us? Okay, so you're listening to Mango Masala, myself, D-Light, and you're going to get an exclusive of my track featuring Grim Sickers called Wise Man Here. 